0: One of the things that I really love are uh, cookbooks, and I have some uh, really nice-looking ones that still have their covers on them, right? And I love reading through them. I can read a cookbook just like I would read a normal book. I I love imagining the meals, imagining having them all done. Now, it's usually just imagining. No actual cooking usually takes place out of these cookbooks, Uh, but I can imagine the meal itself. I I like food magazines too and finding great recipes. I'll uh, turn the page over and I'll save them and I'll save them and never do anything with them. The internet has kind of ruined cookbooks and food magazines in a lot of ways because you can find anything you want on the internet. But I have still quite a few cookbooks that I love and and these are great, Uh, but these are the ones that I really love. These are the ones that are my family recipes or my growing up church recipes or recipes that my mom or dad would make or my aunts and my grandmothers or people that I I loved. These are recipes that when I make these recipes, and I do, you can see the the bottom right, uh, that used to be white, that cookbook cover, and now it's stained with all sorts of who knows what. But when I make those recipes it connects me back with who I am and where I've come from. And when I make these recipes, it feeds me in a way that nothing else can because it's really not about the food. It's about remembering the fellowship around that food and the nourishment and the fellowship around that food. There's nothing fancy about those cookbooks. They're just real. There's nothing fancy fancy about Holy Communion. It's not a fancy meal. It's just ordinary bread and juice that in the power of the Holy Spirit have extraordinary power to feed us and nourish us like nothing else can. In the mystery of this meal that we receive, in this mystery, the grace of God reminds us who we are and renews our hope in the presence and the power of God with us no matter where we are. In spite of what might be happening in our lives or in the world around us, when we come to the table and receive this meal, we remember that we belong to something greater than what the world would tell us. You know, when everything's wrong in my world, you know what I want most? Something my mom would cook for me, right? And really, it could be anything she would cook for me, because it's her cooking it for me. I don't need a fancy meal to feed me. I need the relationship of someone who knows me and loves me. When the world around you is falling apart, we can come to this table to the one who the one who sets it is the one who knows us and loves us, and it could be anything up here, really. But it is the bread and the juice. It is the body and the blood—the real presence of Christ. That's what gives us hope. That's what feeds us and nurses us. I wonder today where you most need to remember who you are, and where you most need to be nourished and fed by the hope that is ours in Christ. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us today, to let it take hold of us and transform us. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer, Amen. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna uh, the series we're doing is called "Citizens of Hope." A lot of the material comes out of this little book by Clayton Oliphant and Mary Brooke Cassad. Clayton is a the senior pastor at Richardson First UMC in Richardson, up in the Dallas area, and his sister also is active in Christian ministry. And you're welcome to uh, find a copy of the book if you want. Um, I just wanted you to know this is where we're taking uh, this thought about being citizens of hope and and who it is that we are and where we are coming from, remembering that in the midst of this broken world, uh, we don't belong to the world. Our citizenship is in something other than this world. Our citizenship, who we are, is in Christ. And our hope in the midst of this broken world is in remembering who we are. As people of God, we have a history of tough times. Israel understood what it meant to experience uh, tough times, to feel like God had abandoned them. Their their times of exile uh, were rough for them when they were taken from their home and sent into a foreign land. And in that space, easy enough to forget who they are, to wonder if God had abandoned them. One of the Psalms we read, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion, when we remembered home. On the willows there we hung up our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked us for for mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion, but how could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Sometimes when our world falls apart and we feel alone or abandoned, we think, I don't, I don't even know how to sing a song of hope. I don't know how to even name who I am. I'm not at home. Israel understood what it meant to, to feel abandoned or to feel like they were out of place and that they didn't belong, to feel hopeless. But the prophets all along the way would remind them But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. The prophets reminded the people of Israel, the people of God, that they weren't forgotten, they weren't abandoned, they weren't without hope. When we belong to God, and that's where we belong in Christ, we are never without hope. Our citizenship, our place of belonging is secure, no matter what our actual circumstances are. Our place of belonging is secure, and that's what we have to remember. That's what we have to remember. One of the best ways that we can remember is in this shared meal of Holy Communion. Remember when Jesus instituted this meal, Jesus tells us uh, to have this meal together and it comes from the night before he died. The night he spent that last meal with his disciples and he was telling them, he was reminding them again about what was going to happen and giving them some final instruction. They they shared that last meal before their whole world turned upside down. One minute, everything seemed fine. And the next, everything was completely out of sorts. This was the meal they shared together before Jesus would be betrayed and would suffer and would die and then would be raised to new life on the third day. You can imagine the disciples perhaps They've spent a lot of time with Jesus. By that point, they're fairly confident in a lot of ways about their relationship with him and who he is and and that they have a place, that they belong with Jesus. One minute, everything is fine. And in the very next minute, all of that changes and and they are afraid and they are worried and they are uncertain and, and they think, well, what now? What are we to do now? Everything we thought was true about who we are, what do we do now that it's all been upended? I think this is what it's like for us sometimes too. Sometimes in our lives, we're firing on all cylinders, right? All is well in our world. All of our ducks are in a row, or at least they're all in the same pond, if they're not all in a row, and all the T's have been crossed and the I's are dotted, and then something happens. It could be an accident, or it could be an illness, or a death, or a job loss, some kind of event that that triggers suffering, or pain, or loss, or confusion, or worry for us, and it seems like it happens in a moment sometimes where the wheels all of a sudden are completely off. We don't even know where our ducks are, right? Right? And the page on which our life has been written, all of the letters on that page are now either erased or torn apart or scrambled up. And in fact, when one moment all was well, and the very next nothing is well. I think we understand that, how the disciples perhaps felt on that day. And when this happens, we're tempted to forget who we are. We're tempted to believe that maybe God has abandoned us. When things are going great, we're confident that God is good. When things aren't going so great, we wonder if God is present. God never changes. God is always good, and God is always present. What changes sometimes for us is that perspective or the circumstances or our our vision about where we are. It's kind of like being turned upside down and, and the whole world looks different than it did just a moment ago. And when that happens, it's important for us to remember. And one of the best ways for us to remember is in the meal of Holy Communion. Jesus tells them to do this. Paul would write it uh, this way. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread As we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We remember that we're not alone. We remember that this is not the end. Whatever our circumstances are today, this is not the end. We remember that God is not finished. God is not finished with us. God is not finished with the world. We come and remember. The Holy Communion that we share is not just a meal. It's not just that we come and and we receive the bread and the juice. And uh, sometimes kids will say, call it snack Sunday. Do we get snacks in church today, right? Sometimes it feels that way. We come up and get a little treat because we've been good in worship. Uh, We get this remembrance. But it's not just that we're tasting the bread and the juice. What we're tasting is the goodness of God. What we're tasting is, is the love of God, the grace of God. What we're receiving is the mercy of God. It is being remembered. We are being remembered back into the body of Christ even as we remember what God has done. It is nourishment for our souls in our relationship with Jesus. This, this hope that we have is not about tangible things. It's about a relationship. It's not about the bread and the juice, it's about the relationship from the bread and the juice that we remember. Part of our communion liturgy is is called the memorial acclamation. We refer to it as the mystery of faith and we will say, we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In this mystery, the mystery of faith is that in this work, this life, this death, this resurrection, of Jesus, somehow we experience mercy and grace and hope. But there's a mystery to that, and yet it's part of what we proclaim. Christ has died. In that, we understand that Jesus' suffering, Jesus' suffering on the cross, connects with our suffering in the world today. In this moment on the cross when Jesus dies, Jesus, who is both fully human and fully divine, experiences the fullness of human emptiness and brokenness and divinely steps in to that. You may remember that Jesus, even Jesus, says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus really suffers So what we know is that when we really suffer, Jesus gets it. Jesus understands our pain and our sorrow. And in that moment on the cross, when he willingly enters into the depth of suffering, we also understand in that moment the depth of God's love for us, willing to be broken for us. I wonder today, if you've ever felt alone or felt broken or felt abandoned, Jesus did too. But that's not the end of the story. Christ has died and Christ is risen. We have hope in the midst of the impossible. You know, you really can't get much more impossible than rising to life from the dead, right? Jesus wasn't just pretending to be dead. Jesus didn't have just a near-death experience. Jesus was really dead, dead, right? Dead and buried, dead. You cannot be in a much more impossible situation than dead. And yet God, God in mercy and grace and love raised Jesus to new life. That's what we celebrate on Easter. We celebrate the resurrection, that God was not content to let suffering and death and brokenness have the final word. And so in this meal that we share, this Holy Communion meal, we're reminded that God, who sets this table for us, is a God of resurrection and new life. And we are never without hope, even when all seems hopeless. We're never without hope, even when all seems hopeless. Jesus was dead, and God raised him to new life. Maybe there's something in your life that seems really dead, or broken, or hopeless. Maybe it's a relationship that you're in. Maybe it's a situation in which you're not sure anymore what to do. God speaks life into you and into that situation there is nothing that is impossible with God the struggles that we have are real sometimes I think people come into church and and they have a good experience and they feel good and then they leave and the world disappoints them or somebody breaks their heart or they get sick and they think well wait I was just in church why did that happen This isn't a place where you come and you get to feel good and nothing bad happens to you. This is a place where you come to remember that when those bad things happen to you, you're not alone. And you're not without hope. We come and we gather together around the table to remind one another who we are. That we're not alone. That we believe that the God of the impossible is in our midst. Christ is risen. I wonder what you are hoping will be risen in your life. We can't imagine sometimes any relief or any solution or any reconciliation or any restoration. And honestly, I think that's at the the point where God is doing the, the deepest and the most magnificent work is when we can't see it. Because honestly, if we can't see it, then we can't take credit for it when it happens. Sometimes it takes us getting to the bottom of impossible for us to understand the grace and the power of God. To bring new life. To restore hope. To bring us together with one another. This is God. This is God who, uh, who raised Jesus from the dead. This is God whose ways and power are not anything like ours. This is God to whom we belong and in whom we hope. What do you bring to the table today that seems impossible for you right now? Christ has died and Christ is risen and Christ will come again. That's not just the end. There's, there's a future that is also filled with hope for us. We know the hope in Christ. We have received new life. All who are on Christ have been made new. And we still live in a broken world. And yet God continues to be at work in the world around us. This is a world that God loves, that God created. We are on this this planet with all of these billions of other people whom God loves, whom God created. God continues to be at work in the world and in us so that it is moving toward this point of all being made new. Christ will come again no matter how bad things seem right now, no matter how defeated you may feel. God has the ultimate victory. This day, this moment, this situation, this betrayal, this pain is not the end. No matter how long it may seem for you, it's not the end. God wins always in the end. The God who came to us in Jesus reminds us that we're not alone. This is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead to remind us that nothing is impossible. And it's the same God who promises that Jesus will come again. And all the pain and all the suffering, all that is wrong will be made right. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death. And we live in this time of the now and the not yet. What we celebrate in Holy Communion as we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, is is that we're pointing to something that is already happening right now. That's our our hope, that, that we know that what we're pointing to, we're already living in. We don't have to wait for the end of time to know the hope that is ours in Christ and belonging to God. It's ours right now. God is at work in ways we can't even begin to imagine. And when we come, every time we come and celebrate Holy Communion, we are pointing to something that is already true, even as it works its way into our lives right now. When we come to the table, it's not just the bread and the cup. We come into the presence of God. We're invited into the presence of God and into this space that is open to all who seek God, who repent of their sin, who seek to live in peace with God and with one another. It's not the bread and the juice that feeds us. It's the relationship that we find in Christ that is nourished when we remember the depth of his love for us. And when we come to the table, we come with all the saints who have gone before us, and we know that it is with all the saints who will come after us. It's hard for me to imagine the, the huge feasting table that we partake of here, that all are partaking of who belong to God it's not a fancy table, it's not a fancy meal, it's ordinary bread, it's ordinary juice, ordinary elements that are given to us by God, breathed on by the Holy Spirit so that we might know hope, no matter what is happening around us, that we might receive and remember that Christ has died that Christ is risen and that Christ will come again. We are not alone. Nothing is impossible with God. And God has the ultimate victory. It's the mystery of our faith that we can come and receive this. It's the mystery of our faith that we can be fed and, and nourished by this bread and this juice, by the fellowship with Christ and with one another It's the mystery of our faith that keeps us remembering where we belong. And it's never to the world. It's always to God. So I invite you as you come to the table today to bring with you whatever it is that maybe feels hopeless for you, or maybe you feel abandoned or alone, or maybe there's something that seems completely impossible for you. I invite you to bring it to the table. I don't know what will happen here, except that Christ will meet you here. And maybe what happens is that your situation doesn't change, but your heart is changed. Or you have a renewed strength to face whatever your situation is. Or you find hope in a new way to look around and realize that you're not alone. The table of God is for all of us, the people of God. I invite you to bring your whole heart today and be fed by the hope that is here at the table. What the people say amen.